Good morning. Glad to have you all back here for worship on this July the 11th. Welcome to Springfield Church of the Brethren. A couple of announcements. Softball today at 2 p.m. versus Cornerstone. Uh, we, oh, yeah. Um, the Center Church of the Brethren is excited to host um, the ministry group Adams Road on July the 15th at 6.30. If you're interested, there's more information in the bulletin and it says flyers on the back. You're in the back. Annual conference is coming up. I'm going to be saying this every Sunday until Sunday the 15th, the day after. And that's only if everything's been cleaned up. But we still need volunteers, right? Right. right. Please, if you're able to give some time, I, I know we, well, this was before me, but still, this was a congregational decision, and every, every hand helps that can help would be amazing. Mark it on your calendar, sort of. I know it, the plan right now is September, if I recall correctly. There will be an ice cream social slash church picnic this year. We did combine them, but the plan was just to do that right now for this year because we are also hosting district conference and it's a lot to happen this year. Also going to mention as we're coming to the end of July, back to school blast is just around the corner. Um, Last two announcements. Last Sunday was our first Sunday of the month. However, it was a smaller crowd because we gathered here to join annual conference um, with their worship, which I have to say I enjoyed having all of you here with me in, to do that because it was the first time I really could sing the hymns because it was awkward sitting in the house alone or house with just my family and singing while wearing the earplugs. I apologize to them. Um, but because, so we have our two cent offering out this week. It's in the back. Last announcement. We're just changing the order of the worship a little bit. Um, if you go after the sermon, it says hymn of reflection. We're actually going to first um, have a, a time of reflection, which will be um, Great is the Lord being played by Bev, not a singing hymn. And then we will sing our last hymn. So just a heads up, when I'm done preaching, we're going to have a moment where we just listen to the music. As we move into, oh, are there any other announcements? As we move into this time of prayer, I do have two notes up here, one of great sorrow and one of great joy. Our sister Olivia has asked that we hold her friend Kim Lane in our prayers this morning. Her son, Isaiah, um, at the age of 20, passed away due to epilepsy. So let's hold him in our hearts, their family in their hearts, as they are dealing with an unspeakable tragedy. And also some joy. As I know the baby is not here, but as many of us know, we do have one new member of our congregation 
quote-unquote member, Jayton Levi, who was born to Nikki and Corey this last week. What other joys, what other sorrows do you wish to raise in prayer with the community today? Prayers for, for Tracy Martin, a friend of Sister Renee's from, from school, from when you were working at the school, who is in the end stages of cancer and will, will leave some young children behind. So good to see Bonnie here today. It is. It's wonderful to see Bonnie here, although she's hiding just a little bit from my angle. Welcome back, Bonnie. We're glad to have you. That's great to hear. So Meredith is, is back home with mom and dad and recovering well from her surgery this last week. I think being with mom and dad, that may kill her. So. Ah. <laughs> so prayers for Meredith on multiple levels. <laughs> we can continue to hold Eric in our prayers. Um, for those of you who could not hear, he went into the hospital with breathing problems, and he has been continuing the struggle with cancer in his jaw area. And they put in a permanent trach this week, which hopefully will give him some relief from all of the, the pain and discomfort. If you will join me in the call to worship then. We call on Jesus and recognize his presence among us. He offers salvation on all who call on him and follow. Salvation offered through resurrection, light eternal gained after death. Jesus, don't let our hearts become confused and bogged down in the details. Jesus, let us embrace that which we don't understand and follow you. For you are who is and who was and who is to come. If you'll pray. Holy Creator, as we gather in this space today to worship, walk with us as we contemplate those things that are beyond our knowing. Give us trust in you. Give us strength to walk even though we are not sure where our foot is falling. We know you are leading us. Holy Creator, walk with us. Amen. If you can join in singing hymn number 41, Come Thou Almighty King.
If you'll pray with me. Holy Creator, Holy One, Holy Three, we come from a world that has great joys in it and a world that has many tears of sadness. We lift those things up in our heart and ask you to walk with us when it's too hard to breathe. We ask to celebrate with us when our joy overflows. Lord, as we gather in this space today, we remember Eric as he continues to struggle. We lift up Tracy as we know she continues her walk with you. Give her strength. Be with her family and comfort. We lift up Kim and the Lane family as they lose someone who they love so deeply. Hold them all close. Give them comfort. Give them peace. Give them strength. Lord, we lift up those names that weigh on our hearts now in a quiet moment. God who dances, God who sings, who laughs in joy. We know that there are many things to celebrate. We celebrate the return of friends and family to worship with us. We celebrate Bonnie being with us today. We celebrate those as they recover from surgery, from illness. We thank you for Meredith's recovery. And we thank you for new laughs, for new sounds of cries, for the birth of Jaden, the joy of having a new baby. We lift up those things in our hearts that we celebrate to you, those big, wonderful moments and those small, quiet ones that make us smile. God of wonders, God of joy, God of tears, God of comfort. You have heard our prayers. Thank you. Amen. Praise God.
we are not passing the plates yet, but we are thankful for all the gifts that God has given us, and we are thankful that we are able to return some of those gifts. If you'll please join in the chorus book number 116, Pass It On. We are reaching the end of 1 Corinthians. And I will say today, I feel like I'm ending the sermon and then I'm going further because I continue to follow the style that, that Paul is writing. And so the, 15th, the end of the 15th chapter feels like the end of the sermon, but there's a 16th chapter and Paul has a little more left to go. I remember being young and asking myself the question, why the resurrection? What's the purpose? After all, if I just live the life that Jesus asks us to live, isn't that what I really should be doing? What's the point in belief that there was a resurrection? And apparently I'm not the first one to ask this question. I probably have not been the last either. Because Paul addresses this to the Corinthians who are having this same problem. They're asking, why bother believe that there was a resurrection or not? After all, the important part is just following the way, right? 
And Paul responds, no. It's not just about knowledge. It's not just about work. It's about belief, too. And you have to have belief for everything to work. Now, I'm reformatting this a little bit for, for what we are talking about today in terms of what this world would be more concerned about as opposed to the world of the Corinthians. The Corinthians were also concerned because they had a really hard time believing that God could come down to earth and die. That wasn't in their vocabulary. They had a hundred plus, several hundred years worth of philosophy, and that big part of that philosophy was the separation of the mundane and the holy, and the two couldn't mix. Therefore, God couldn't come down and live in a physical body because the physical body is a mundane thing, and the holy cannot be in the mundane. And so they were struggling with that. But I do think they were also struggling with the idea that we, it's more than just faith, I mean, more than just works, it's more than just knowledge. There's faith. Dear Paul, Brother Paul, I, Stephanus, your brother in Christ in Achaia, warmly greet you from his home. I pray that this note finds you well. And thank God for our time and blessing, our time together and the blessings that have come from our friendship. May God continue to bless my and your work. And though we are apart right now, I pray that God will continue to bless and grow and deepen our friendship. Amen. I wish to thank you again for your hospitality that you showed us while we were in Ephesus. Please pass on this thank you to Aquila and Priscilla and the community of believers who meet with them. Fortunatos, Achaicus, and I have safely returned to our home. We arrived shortly after Timothy came. His journey has gone well, and we'll continue traveling towards you in Ephesus, though he will stop in Corinth as planned. Speaking of Corinth, we visited our brothers and sisters there on our journey and feel the need to report on some of the troubles there. They continue to worship and to celebrate Christ, and God has blessed them with numbers and gifts of the Spirit. However, they are experiencing a great deal of conflict about the resurrection there are those who argue that no man can be raised from the dead. Some others reason that Jesus was never in a fleshy body, so he couldn't really die. Others say that Jesus um, is still in the tomb. They argue that what people saw afterwards was some kind of spirit, some apparition or some such. We both know that these beliefs are false, but they are bogged down in them. Others just sit about and argue. They want to know how it all works. How, how are the dead raised? What kind of body do they come back in? Instead of doing work of Jesus, they just sit about and argue. They are dismissive of our thoughts, of our counsel. But I thought perhaps you could write to them 
and turn their course before they walk completely away from the way. Again, brother, I pray that you are doing well and I am able to return the favor of hospitality when you travel through again. May you feel the love of Christ and your friends in Achaia, Stephanos. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you heard, hold firmly to what I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. This is not knowledge that I claim ownership of. This was handed to me, and I have given it freely to you. I remind you that the most important thing to know, it is this. The Messiah died as the scriptures foretold, and they buried him in a tomb of stone. But just as the scriptures foretold on the third day, he arose from death. He appeared to Peter and the rest of the twelve, and then 500 other brothers and sisters. He came to see his brother James and all those called to be the secret couriers, the apostles. Many of these witnesses still live, though some have passed. You could seek them out if you wished. Seek them out and they will testify they have seen the risen Christ. Then Jesus came to me. I deserved to be last. Last to be visited and the least of the apostles. For I was an enemy of the church of God. I persecuted and hunted believers. By God's grace, by God's grace, it was bigger. It was greater than my sin, than my actions. Grace drove me to put my nose to the grindstone, to work harder than my peers so that I could repair the damage that I inflicted upon the church and to build it stronger than before. But it wasn't me. It wasn't me who did this. It was grace that did all of this. I don't deserve the title of apostle because of my history, but I have been called to the role by the Spirit. This is what we, the apostles, have taught you, that Jesus arose from the grave and from him grace abounds. This is how you also came to believe. Yet some of you question this. Some claim there is no resurrection of the dead. How does that square with logic? Let's think about it. After all, if there is no resurrection, then Jesus wasn't raised. And if the Messiah didn't conquer death, then what's the purpose of all of this? My, your faith, my preaching, it's all bupkis. Even worse than bubkis, we are bearing false witness of God. We are lying to others, claiming that God did something that is impossible. If the dead cannot be raised, then Jesus must still be in the grave. 
If Jesus is in the grave, then our faith is futile. Our sins are unforgiven. And those who have passed are dead and gone and not sleeping until Christ returns. We are a pretty sorry bunch if all we are doing is gathering for a little bit of false hope and pretend comfort. But we know the truth. Brothers and sisters, we know that Christ was raised back from the dead. Not just back from the dead, back to life, eternal life. And he is just the first. Many will follow. Death is a part of the human experience ever since Adam first stepped out of the garden. But through Jesus, all will be made living again. Maybe not yet. Who knows what will change from the moment that I finish writing this letter until it reaches your ears. But assuming now that Jesus hasn't returned in this short time, just don't be surprised that people aren't popping out of the grounds like crocuses breaking through frosted earth. But when Christ returns, so will those who have fallen asleep bearing his name on their lips. Then the world will be changed. The way of sin will be ended. Christ will change all of humanity's sinful institutions. No longer will they be able to control others with threats or use of physical violence. No longer will they be able to control others with their money and material goods. No longer will they be able to control others by calling for their loyalty to false gods and call and tell you what you ought to do or believe or want. Jesus will utterly destroy these things. They will be wiped away like a bad dream that can no longer quite be recalled. As the psalmist once put, he has put everything under his feet. And now, when it says everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself, who put everything under Christ. And when he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him, who put everything under him, so that God may be all in all. This is why we were baptized, why we took part in the water. For Jesus died and was resurrected. It is why we put ourselves in danger. Why we risk death from religious and political powers. Do not, we do not endanger ourselves. Do we not endanger ourselves every time we claim that Jesus will come and wipe away sinfulness? I walk with you before you even. I face death every time I open my mouth to preach the gospel because the gospel is not good news to all who hear it. It is like choosing to fight wild wolves with nothing but the clothes on my back. If there is no resurrection, then what is the purpose of all of this? Today we eat and drink, tomorrow we die. Sisters, brothers, be careful. Do not let yourself be corrupted. Be careful of bad company, for it will rot good character. 
Lift your faces out from the muck and look to God. Wash away that sin and ignorance. This is not the time to be playing about in the mud. I am shaking you, shaking you back to your senses. I am shaming you, shaming you so those scales fall off of your eyes. I know some of you are worried about logistics. You want to know the mechanisms, how everything works. You ask, how are the dead raised? What kind of body will you get when you come back? Let me direct you to the the work of James Trickington in his seminal work, How God Will Bring Us All Back. What? You haven't heard of it? I guess that's a given since it doesn't exist. Stop asking stupid questions. Consider wheat. Do you plant a wheat body? No. You plant a grain, a seed. But what grows from that tiny seed follows the plan that God has given it. This is what every seed does. It follows the plan that God gave it. The seed is inert when you put it into the earth. And if you don't know what kind of plant it came from, you don't have any idea of what it's going to grow into. An acorn does not look like an oak. A tomato seed bears no resemblance to a tomato plant or a tomato fruit. So the inert seed is reborn and becomes a beautiful plant according to God's plan. And it doesn't stop in the plant kingdom. It doesn't even stop in the world of the living. Plants, mammals, fungi, arachnid, fish, much more. Each one of them is uniquely shaped each one of them beautiful in its own way. Just look around this world. You can see the multitudinous of forms that have risen from seed to body. Look up. See the stars. See the planets. See all the heavenly bodies. They, too, came from nothing. And now they shine brilliantly with each of their own brilliant ways. So it is with the resurrection. The fleshy body will be sown in the ground like a seed, but it will rise more splendid than before. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor and it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness and raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual one. If there is no natural, if there is a natural body, then there is also a spiritual body. The first human was made of earth, was made of dust. And it says the spirit was put into it. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. The spirit didn't come from the earth, but it came afterwards. Jesus is the second human, the one that rises from the earthly, fleshy body and becomes the spiritual body. We are born of the earth body, 
but we have been reborn in Jesus and will emulate his heavenly body. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. I tell you a bit of the unknown future, a bit of the mystery. We will not all die, but instead we will be transformed instantly. A blast of a trumpet will sound and we will be changed and the dead will be raised. Our perishable bodies will fall away and we will become imperishable. Mortality will be a thing of the past as we put on mantles of immortality. We will sing the words of Isaiah. Death has been swallowed by victory. And we will sing the song of Hosea. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Death was made terrible by sin. The law attempted to curb it by assigning guilt and giving penitence. But praise God. For through the Messiah, all of that has been banished. Sin, guilt, death, conquered and replaced by righteousness, grace, and life everlasting. So stand firm, my siblings in Christ. Stand firm, my brothers and sisters, like a mountain. Let nothing move you about. Put your faith in God and the power of your hands to the Holy One's work. You know the work is not in vain. Now, on to some final things, brothers and sisters, about the collection for the Lord's people. Just follow what I have told the Galatians. Each of you should set aside some money each week. Don't make it a flat amount. Do what is best for your income. Save that money so that when I visit you, you won't have to struggle to raise funds. I'll give you letters of introduction to give to the people who will take it on to Jerusalem. If it works out, I'll join them. I'll come and visit you after I go through Macedonia because I want to spend some time with you, my siblings, my children in Christ. And frankly, just running through and grabbing lunch won't be enough for me. I don't know how long I'll stay with you, perhaps through winter. Then you can help me as I continue my mission of bearing the gospel. But I won't leave here in Ephesus until after Pentecost. There's a great deal of work for me to do here. And despite all the opposition, God has opened some new exciting doors. Timothy will be stopping by. Care for him during his visit so that he can put his concern on his work that God has given him and not worldly worries. Give him respect and help him on his journey when it's time. I look forward to the return of him and his brothers. I have asked Brother Apollos to visit you again. But at this time, he feels he should not come. But when that moment is right, he will travel your way. I am glad for a visit from Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaicus. They are some of the first converts from Achaia. And they have worked hard and joyously. And the fruits of their labors is greatly apparent. Follow their example and give them respect. 
Be on your guard, brothers and sisters. Stand firm in your faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. The churches of the Asia province send their greetings, especially your dear friends Aquila, Priscilla, and the church that meets in their home. I, Paul, send my own personal greetings. If anyone does not love the Lord, let that person be cursed. Come, Lord, come. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love to all of you in Christ Jesus. Amen. You'll join in singing number 280, Christ the Lord is Risen Today.
I picked that song because one, it's one of my favorites. Two, if you noticed, it's got a lot of the today's scripture in it. But I always forget to think about if I'm going to be able to sing it or not because after the sermon, my throat's usually a little, eh. <laughs> Paul wrote to the Corinthians. He wrote about a lot of problems. And the sad thing is, if we go on and read 2 Corinthians, we find that a lot of his words fell on deaf ears. They still continued to have problems. They still struggled to have faith. They still struggled to live in an upright manner. Let us pray that those words don't fall on our ears in a deaf way. That instead our ears are open to them, that we can hear, that we can learn, that we can grow from them. We don't gather here for no reason. We don't worship God for no reason. We don't believe for no reason. So let us continue to walk with Christ. Let us continue to look to the cross. And then beyond the cross to the empty tomb. And then beyond the empty tomb to the sky. So we know one day Christ will return. And until that time comes, let us walk humbly. Let us try to walk morally. And let us walk in faith. Let us walk in community. So good luck. Walk in Christ. Amen.